You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yes. BBS Stage Door. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. We have a very exciting guest for you guys today. But before we get into that, Tori, take it away with the bulletin. Before we start the bulletin for today, we would like to take this moment to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live and record, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Glen Gary, Glen Ross by David Mamet and directed by our first guest of 2021, Louise Fisher, will begin shows at the New Theatre on the 16th of March. From lies to flattery, to bribery, threats, intimidation and burglary, as their desperation reaches fever pitch, they will engage in unethical, even illegal behaviour if it'll snag them a sale and that all-important commission. Head to newtheatre.org.au slash glengarryglenross or follow the link in our description to grab your tickets. With only two weeks to go until opening, Hamilton has released a first look at the cast in rehearsal and to say we are excited would be the understatement of the year. To check out these photos, head over to their Instagram, Hamilton Australia. We cannot wait. After a sellout season in Sydney, Fangirls have officially announced that they will make the move to Melbourne to make a debut at the Playhouse Theatre from the 28th of April to the 9th of May as a part of their national tour. To get your tickets, head to fangirls.com and do it fast before they're gone. To end this week's bulletin, we have a few pieces of podcast news. The first being, we have hit over 2,000 downloads on the podcast. We are so beyond thrilled and want to say a huge thank you to our listeners and supporters for being here with us on this journey. And we cannot wait to show you what else we have in store for 2021. Speaking of good news, we are so excited to finally announce that Libby has made the move to Brisbane to attend the Queensland Conservatorium to complete her Bachelor of Music Theatre. I am so incredibly proud of Libby and while she may be a little bit further away, the podcast will continue better than ever. So good luck Libby, we are all so proud of you and you are going to absolutely smash it. Now back over to you Libby. Today we are joined by one of the amazing cast from Come From Away, Emma Powell. Emma has been a part of some amazing productions both in Australia and around the world, such as the Australian tour of The Pirates of Penzance with John English and Simon Gallagher, and Les Mis, which toured to Singapore, Hong Kong, Korea and Cape Town. Emma has also performed in Mamma Mia! The Musical as Ensemble in the original production, then took over the role of Rosie for the Australasian tour. Hattie in Kiss Me Kate and Fruma Sarah in Fiddler on the Roof. The last few years have seen her touring Australia in Kinky Boots as Trish and in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert as Shirley. Please welcome to the mic, Emma. Yay, oh, here I am on my mic. <laughs> Who's Mike? Who's Mike? No. It's such a weird thing on um on an audio podcast saying like, hi, hello, I'm here. I know, hello, yeah. hello. <laughs> Great to be here. How have you been? How have I been? Oh, um, yeah. well, uh, it's been an interesting time, has it not? It's been mm, a very interesting time. Yes. I'm in Melbourne, so... It's, um, you know, been pretty up and down for the last 12 months. So, but right now, very grateful. Feel very, very grateful yeah, to be good. back on stage. So, yeah, 
yeah. I'm pretty pleased. Did you get right any now. time off during COVID? Lots time off. <laughs> yes, oh. yeah, like um, so we finished. We closed uh, mid March last year, and then we came back in January this year. So that's how long I had off. How many months is that? Yeah. Nine months or something. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of time wow. to contemplate my navel, and yes. um, it, it initially when we first shut down it kind of felt normal. It just like felt like a gig was done and just waiting for the next gig. So, you mm. know, when you're not, yeah. when you don't have a, have a show or a job, you don't go out, you don't do much because you don't have the money. So it kind of just felt, lockdown just felt mm. a bit like that really. Um, yeah. And oh. just kind of felt normal for a bit and then it started to be a bit, oh, no, this is a bit yeah, weird is- and, you know, yeah. my yeah. very livelihood and kind of who I am depends on people and we can't do people right now. So, yeah, it was quite, yeah, so had a lot of time off. I, I, and, you know, no one was hiring, particularly in Melbourne and then the second lockdown. So, yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, time off, which was good. I slept, slept a lot in the first month, which was great. <laughs> did you have any um, recommendations or, like, did you get to see any Netflix shows or discover new musicals did you do anything that you could recommend to anyone i um strangely i started to watch a lot of disaster films i don't know why i did that i don't know why i did that um and so it's a bit like well it can't be that bad it can't be that bad. It can't be as bad. How bad it, it can't is in that bad movie, that. it's not going to be as bad as that. No, I mean, all we need is Brad Pitt to come save the day or Matt Damon or any of them <laughs> and that'd be great. But, um, yeah, look, I, I, I watched a lot of Netflix. I watched a lot of, I got on all of them, Stan, Netflix, Binge, Apple TV, like oh. the whole the whole lot. Um, read some stuff, also wrote some of my own stuff, uh, finished, oh. published, oh, self-published awesome. a book of my own and couple of other oh, little novellas. Awesome. So I'd recommend those. What's the book about? Um, it's called, I'll show you, but no one else can see this. It's good for, yeah. good for podcasts. It's called <laughs> Charlie Collins Finally Gets a Life. And it's just oh, a little, wow. it's just a little, um, uh, you know, romantic comedy sort of, sort of thing. So, yeah, you know. Oh, that's very up my alley. I'm feeling like I might need to read that now. Yeah, it's pretty fun actually. It's about a single 40-something um, mum. So, yeah. It's really good. Anyway, that, I recommend that as reading. Um, yes. But it was funny because my attention span, and I think a lot of people found this too over the time, my attention span was quite short. Like mm. I found that I was mm. like, oh, I need to just watch 40-minute stints. No, those those are some great recommendations and I'm glad that you actually, because I'm working on my own book, but oh. I took COVID as every day, sit down and try to do it and then just sit there like, I don't Yeah. I don't. And like, I work in a bookshop, so I'm constantly surrounded by inspiration, but I just could not do it. I find it so much easier now. Now that I'm back working, it's like, oh, I have this little bit of spare time. Let me just get something out. So I'm really glad that you were able to get something out. Well, I mean, it was pretty much, pretty much finished. I had to edit, but I did write a couple of other little novellas. However, having said that, it you know, you think about you have all day, all night free for nine months. Mm-hmm. You could really pump a lot out, right? But like yeah. yourself, yeah. I um, yeah, my attention span, as I said, was really tricky. And writing romantic comedy is like it's funny. It's got to be funny. It's like I don't feel very funny right now. And it's yeah. so it was it was quite a and a lot of my writer um, sort of groups that I'm part of said the same thing. You know, and people all around the world were like, I, I, "This is really really." hard to do and a friend of mine said if you could do anything you wanted to do what would you do and I go oh I'd go and get a little cabin by the sea and I'd just write if I had time I'd just write so the universe gives me time and what do I do not much yeah (laughs) I got what I wanted I think that's everyone (laughs) yeah right we're all like but it was also kind of I don't know I didn't feel the most motivated when I had a bit of time off like I did and I didn't like I got more stuff done but Having so much time on your hands, you you struggle to like schedule yourself into like some sort of routine. But when you're in routine, 
you can get a lot more done because you're like, okay, great. I've got this one hour. Yeah. I've got to like write something or I've got to sing this song to get for an audition or something like that. So it's a lot. I find it so much easier when you have routine to actually be more productive. And when you're busy, you just sort of get busier. And you, as you say, you just slot mm. it in, don't you? I've got this much yeah. time. Yeah. I'm going to do this. So you become productive sort of quickly, exactly. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Well, those are some awesome recommendations. But really interesting, what brought you into the world of theatre? Oh, wow. Okay, so when I was a kid, um, I used to write, I lived in Echuca, which is on the border of Victoria, New South Wales, on the Murray River. So a little country town oh. and um, I used to write plays at school, just write them and I'd put them on and I'd direct them and I'd star in them, of course. And so I used to yeah. do that with the primary school, with my mates and I'd push them around going, no, that's not how you do it. Do it like this, you know, like one of those kids. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure where that came from either though. Like my none, neither of my parents were, were um, creative in that sense. Um, and then there wasn't a lot of opportunities in the country. Then we moved to Melbourne and I did amateur theatre because there wasn't sort of a lot, there weren't courses really for music theatre. So I did amateur theatre and then I did uh, Eponine in in Les Mis for Clock Um, and someone in the foyer said, oh, we're doing Pirates of Penzance with John English and Simon Gallagher. Would you like to audition? And I went, yeah, okay. And then that was, rest is history really. Yeah, so I I was very lucky, sort of fell into it in a way. Um, I thought I'd I'd be a public relations consultant doing amateur theatre for the rest of my life, which I was quite happy. I mean, I loved amateur theatre. So that's kind of my training background as well. That's fantastic to be like, I guess it's all um, that thing about fate and luck in a way. Like there's there's Mm. moments where where we... um, we have the oh wait this is happening right now oh okay let's just go with it and keep keep going with the path and it just kind of fall, like falls into place in a lot of ways but it falls into place so differently for so many people yeah agreed yeah I was very very lucky in that in that sense that that that's how the how it fell you know yeah so that's kind of it really yeah and you've actually just opened in Melbourne and yep. now you're back on stage. How does it feel to be back performing? I know you guys have been on a bit of a hiatus in Melbourne yeah. just recently, yeah. but you will be back on. So how does that feel? Well, we had our first night back after the five-day um, break last night and that was yep. the last minute, we're on, we're on. So we're like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> coming back after the long break was every single moment coming back like the first day in the rehearsal room, the first day we did the full run, the first day, was they were all milestones, you know. They were all yeah. these yeah. really important, they felt important, they felt big, they felt, uh, and particularly in terms of the Come From Away family around the world too because they're all still yeah. shut down. There's another yeah. four productions that are shut down. Um, yeah. And... So we were getting messages from the creators, from the producers, from other casts, just going, "You're you're the the beacon, you're the." So it just was. It felt just massive, oh, you know, and absolutely. important. And you know, one of my mm. lines, one of my first lines is, um, "That morning I'm in the classroom. It's our first day back." And so, you know, that whole thing about I thought, how am I going to say that line? Like that is so. It's our first day yeah. back, you know. Because it's um, your first day back. Yeah, so there were a lot of really emotional moments and, you know, the first audience we had was incredible and, you know, they yeah. were also – and also they were masked up and mm-hmm. – which was so beautiful mm-hmm. to see that they were actually – you know, it's, it's part of the community, you know. So it was really big and the creators of the piece, they have um, – five clocks for the five different productions that were going on around the world and they would they had them up on their walls when COVID hit they took them down so when we started they they showed us a video of them putting it ours back up again so um the Australia clock so of course we'll go oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so yeah really all emotional all emotional it's just such a range of emotions and I mean and on the practical side, my body has gone, what are you doing? You know, like you've had <laughs> nine months off and you want me to do this now, you know? So yeah. it was kind of 
because we had a very quick turnaround from when we started rehearsals to when we started performing. So yeah, there wasn't a lot of time to sort of get show fit. So um, and then that we shut down again. So it was kind of three weeks in or something. So, uh, but yeah, it, really special. <laughs> it, the short story. It's very special. There we go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing, and it is. It really, I think, is. And I feel like we've said that in this in every episode. We feel so lucky to be you know and it sounds a bit but like we're, we're so lucky to be where we are because we theater is coming back for the longest time mm. it felt like you would just never see live theater or live entertainment ever again but we are on the way back we've got currently what like three oh. productions well i guess shrek has just closed mm. but like we had three <clears throat> live productions running at once three big ones too. yeah yeah yeah, that's right. I mean, the main stage, you know, they'll have very big audiences. So, you know, it's compared to the rest of the world, we we've we've done remarkably, and you know, we've we've made sacrifices to get there, no mm. doubt. But I, yeah, I'm really proud of us yeah. too that we've, and you know, it's not over. But as we've discovered in the last five days, but um, yeah, it's been really fantastic to see these shows get up, and you know, all the casting briefs coming out for shows and you know Moulin Rouge has been casting in Sydney and you know like it's in person and you know and it's yeah so it's and my agent sends stuff out and she's like oh this how exciting I get to send this out you know uh, send out this casting brief you know so it's um yeah it's it's because you're right I think I think we thought it was going to be tumbleweeds for a long time (laughs) yeah no we're very very lucky but you could tell an absolutely incredibly powerful story about the tragedy of 9-11, but also it, it, the show is such a testament to human connection. How have you found working on this show? Um, well, certainly since COVID, it has a different sort of ring to it. Um, yeah. But certainly even at the start, <clears throat> I knew nothing about the story. Most people sort of didn't really. Um, and... You know, the whole idea of community and helping people in need um, and, as you say, connection too. Uh, and I think coming back to the show after COVID and that we've all worked really hard to do what we have to do for everyone else as well means so much more now too. That we've, yeah. I mean, as a straight, when it was coming out and I sort of read about it and it was auditioning for it and I thought, I wonder how that's going to go here because 9-11... It feels far away. It impacted us, but um, and it did change the world. But um, how's it going to go here? You know, mm. as, but but it's not actually about nine eleven ultimately. Yeah. But I did question that. But now it does resonate after COVID, but also the bushfires as well last year. Yes. Um, yeah. It was a real. There was that sense as well, so I think I think we can always. There are always um, situations that, you know, as a country, as a state, as cities, that we find ourselves in where that's required of us, you know. And yeah. when the when the creators went to the tenth year anniversary and they said to the Ganderites, they said, "We want to write a story, a musical about this," and they went, "Ah, oh, okay, you want to write a musical about making sandwiches." What do you mean? That's all we did. Like for them, it was yeah. Yeah. it was just simple. It was, this mm-hmm. is what we have to do, and I think that's the simplicity of that um, connection and that community spirit was is what's important about the show. I think. Yeah, and it really it's it's a very raw and emotional show. How do you how do you deal with that as an actor? Like every night going out there and basically putting your heart on the line, and then having to come off <laughs> and resume normal life. <laughs> Um, Chardonnay is good. No. Um, <laughs> no. no. Um, what's interesting because, you know, from the very start our director said to us, there's no crying in Come From Away. Not for us, not for those of us mm-hmm. on stage. The mm-hmm. audience can take care of that mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they went hard for five days and that's what we do. We just go and... Yeah. Um, it, we're just telling a story. That's it. We don't get. We don't indulge in it. We're not allowed to indulge in it. Yeah. Um, but certainly, yes, there is. I mean, it's so joyful and it's actually really funny. Like there's some really, really yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Funny, funny <laughs> moments in it, which you don't ex- which I think people don't expect. We certainly didn't expect it. Um, so in that sense, there's actually quite a nice balance because yeah. it, it is very raw and it is there's a lot of connection to um, what's happened, you know, with 9-11 and, like I said, the bushfires and COVID and things like that. But But it's also incredibly joyful and uplifting in the sense that, you know, we, at the end, we hand over to the audience when we say, at the end, you are here at the start of a moment. It's like we're handing, say, right, we've told our story. We've done our, we've done our bit. Now over to you. So, and then we are rewarded at the end with the incredible response that we get. And, and it's absolutely like, you know, we have people look up at us. We, we can't see it now, obviously, but in, in the last season where they say thank you, they're like thank you, thank you, and you know, grown, grown sort of grown men, men, middle aged men with tears <laughs> flying down their faces. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty, it's pretty special. I mean, I think, I think any show, you know, there's some, there's there's a lot of that that you can take on, you know, but I have yeah, a yeah. a great massage therapist. She's a amazing healer and she said she's seen the show a couple of times and she said to me in my last session she said I she said there is a lot of emotion in that room in that auditorium she said there is a lot um yeah. just so you know she said that, so there's a lot coming your way you know so yeah. so just just yes. know so it's probably less about what we're doing and more about what we're receiving that is the yeah. thing the thing to you know if you believe in energy transference and all of that um for and we do break the fourth wall we're talking to you guys you know like we're you know we're all in it together so yeah there's a there's a lot going on so um but yeah I haven't felt I haven't sort of felt like I need to kind of brush myself off because it 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 ends with this really lovely lovely thing we pass the ball the baton yeah it definitely has its different moments and without giving anything away of the yeah no spoilers there is there is a moment there is a moment that when I first saw it because I saw it on Broadway I actually saw it with my brother-in-law who is a firefighter now a paramedic in Canada I know what you're gonna say I know which bit yeah so there's that moment that happens mm. and I just like, I, I knew nothing about the show and I just remember going, oh, look, look, the, the music sounds great. I will, you know, mum wants to go see it. We'll, we'll go. It's now one of my absolute favorite shows, but there were so many moments where I was like, oh, I was going to cry. And then I was like, oh no, but then you bring it back up. But then there is mm. that moment where, and it just sits and I was like, oh, oh, Okay. Yeah, and turning to like he wasn't next to me; he was up above us. But turning to see my brother-in-law just completely Mm. gone, and I was like, "Yeah, because it does for everyone." That moment in particular just hits, but then it does have it does end on that really lovely high. There is so much opportunity to end it on such a low, but it (laughs) hits that high, and it is so so amazing. But you play this incredible, incredible character of Beulah. Mm. How would you describe Beulah in three words? Um, I thought about this. Um, she's definitely empathetic. Um, she can put her feet into other people's shoes um, quite easily. Um, she's cheeky. She loves a good joke. Um, yeah. She's not necessarily good at it, but she <laughs> gives it a red-hot go. And she's salt of the earth, you know. She's she's one of those people that um, you want to have in your circle in mm. in a situation. I think you know, she's the one who'll sit you down and say, "Right, cup of tea, right now. Sit, sit, sit. Enough. Sit. You need a cup <laughs> of tea. Scones. What you know? That's right. They're the people who will, when you're in crisis, they will take control because when you're in crisis, you. You can't make decisions, so she will do that for you. So, yeah. yeah, that's who she is. She's an amazing, amazing character. You don't only play that role. You also play multiple roles throughout the show. How do you kind of tackle that going from character to character and also, like, from accent and different characterization? Um, well, I have the t- my two named characters uh, is Beulah, which is my main, main character. The other one is Dolores, mm. and she's from New York. Yeah. And she's one of the one of the come from aways, um, and she's a yes. bit of a mad creature. 
But she, um, I, I don't do as much f- uh, sort of flipping around as the as other um, actors do. Um, I'm much more the Bueller. But we have a we have a um, a dialect coach from the US who who helps us with our dialect, and I think it just becomes muscle memory too. You know, the first couple of times I was saying Dolores in in a gander accent, I was like, nah, 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 it's not right, you know. <laughs> and everyone was sort of like, you know, all over the place. And then it just becomes you open your mouth to say the line and it comes out in the accent. It's not actually something you need to think about anymore. You know, it sort of just sort yeah. of gets into the body. Um, yeah. It becomes second nature in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're doing it that many times a week, yep. you'll, it'll start to just happen. Yeah. But I guess like in the rehearsal period, it can be a bit oh, like was, jarring yeah, it was like, to like oh, figure what's out. what's <laughs> happening? And yeah. And, and we, when we do play other characters throughout just, you know, I'm a um, passport control person, but it's not – that doesn't need that doesn't need to have anything specific um, to it because the you know the way the show is structured as an audience member you go oh I know where we are now and she's yeah. not Bueller you know yeah. kind of thing um, yeah. so yeah but I, like I said there are more people in the show who do to like Doug Hansel he plays Kevin T and um, Garth and that he does quite a lot of Garth and then you know, and Mm -hmm. Kevin T. So he's got to go from, you know, American to to Gander and quite a lot. And he does a fantastic job. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it is tricky to start with, that's for sure. A lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. Good that you're then able to just find the kind of constant rhythm of it throughout the show, which is what you would want, just so it does make it, you know, you just know what you're going to do. You don't have to like constantly be think about it, about yeah. that change. Yeah. I mean, we do still get notes from Joel, who's our dialect coach and we go, Oh, I've dropped off that bit or, you know, yeah. cause you can get into bad <laughs> habits too. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, come back <laughs> that bit. And you go, Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is, it is such an incredible show. I think it's one of those shows that whenever I listen to it and like when I listened to it fully for the first time without knowing the show, you get a complete, like, it just tells, you know, you hear of sung through shows like Lame Is, which is amazing, but it really is a sung through show. Like, there is still a, a decent amount of dialogue in the show, but you get the story through the songs in this in the show. Yeah. But what what is your favourite number in the show? Uh, I would have to say um, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um mm. We sang that. We did "Welcome to the Rock" uh, and "Somewhere" for our launch, which was oh, probably like four months before we started. Yeah. Um, and I remember learning it and, and and listening to "Somewhere" and 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 singing it. And there was a point. There was a point where it got to where I couldn't keep singing because I was in tears, and I was just like, "I can't." You know, it's just that it's that combination of. And in terms of where we are within the piece, I mean, no spoilers, but it's that combination of, you know, we're leaving something behind and yet we're going home and yet and yet. So it's not it's not simple. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a simple no. song emotionally. There's a lot going on. Um, but the yeah. but the I mean the orchestrations are just superb and being at, and actually to sing, that's my favourite as well. It's a really yeah great song to sing in terms of the alto role that the old plot that I've got so um yeah. yeah I think that's that's my favorite I mean look they're all they're all really good and they're oh. all you know it's part storytelling they're amazing I mean Screech is pretty fun too gotta say uh, that I was gonna say that's probably one of my favorite moments in yeah. the show because you just it's it, at a moment it seems so silly but it's not. This is this is what it is. Like this is what they did. This is what it is like in Gander. Yep. And so it's just like, which is kind of mad, isn't it? Kiss, it kiss is, but you like, feel so brought again. into that into their world because it is. Yeah, we got to kiss a fish. We got officially. Yeah. Uh, we're official <laughs> Newfoundlanders <laughs> when yeah. they came out, so we got officially <laughs> screeched in. So yeah, that's um, that <laughs> that is amazing. I will, I, will, I, be, I will be asking you more about that later. But okay, great. For now, we are going to play a little bit of a game. Oh, uh. 
And this is specifically for you, Emma. You were not allowed to prepare for this part. But we're going to be doing... And I every time I say Newfoundlander, I say it wrong, or at least I think I'm saying it wrong. No, that was good. Newfoundlander? Newfoundlander. It's like Disneyland. Newfoundland. Yeah. Newfoundland. But we have some Newfoundland slang for you. <gasps> okay. See if you know. Now, I tried to get some that I rem- <laughs> remember hearing in the show okay. that is used, but mm. also some of them are not. And some of these, I just it's the same as like when you hear someone speaking Welsh. Oh, my it's goodness. It's just like yes. words that you go, I mean, are like, they words though? Like, really? Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> is that a word? Is that actually a word? What's happening? It's like an it's alphabet a, or something. <laughs> it's just a bit of a little right. bit of fun okay. trivia for you. Try right. and see if you know what these are. So the first one I have for you is crooked as sin. I would say that's. I don't know, but uh, officially, but I would say that's drunk. No? Oh, I guess it could be crooked considered. As sin? It means Ooh. it means. You're acting cranky. Oh, cranky. I like it. It's cranky. There are some, you'll go, there you'll is go some... back with all of these new uh, oh my gosh. Newfoundlander. Oh, my gosh. You do know I'm not actually from Newfoundland. Yes. <laughs> you probably said it to me while I'm here. But anyway, yeah, okay, no, that's uh, – I'll do that. Okay. Uh, no, wrong. Okay. Got that one wrong. Okay, I'm not going to win this. <laughs> you got me drove. You got me drove. Got me drove. You got me drove. You got me good. No, you got. See, I'm putting it into into a, like a our context. Um, actually, yeah, yeah. It's not. You got me good. You got me drove. You got you got me oh, tired. You got me. Oh no. So you're kind of <laughs> close. It's like on my nerves. Oh. Ooh. Okay. It's like you got you me got, drove. You got me drove. Yeah. You're on my nerves. Right, right, right. Okay. I'm going to use that from now on. You got me drove. I love it. Let's bring it into sort of yeah. Australian colloquialism, shall we? Yeah. Okay, right. You got me drove. No, that's two, two of two. No, yeah. zero two. <laughs> okay. All right. Dies at you. D-I-E-S. D-I-E-S. Dies at you. Dies at you. Oh, I'm going to give it to you? Um, no, not even close. <laughs> Like, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to ask, why are you? Why are you order? Is it that? Is it like that? No. No, not even close. It, oh, my God. It means you really, really like something. Oh. Imagine just going, dies at you. I'm going to go in and give in my letter of resignation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pathetic. I'm pathetic. Oh, my God. Bueller. She'd kill me. Well, this one you will know. What does the slang term come from away mean? Uh, well, someone who's not from there, someone who's not from where you are. Yeah. A tourist, if you like. Ding, ding, ding. Yay. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me about Laura Tonda and Jay's God bless you, bae. I thought you were going to ask me about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What does that mean? <laughs> that's, that's when I say, um, when I'm asking people to help uh, translate. And I say, well, and if you speak Newfoundlander, uh, Lord Thunder and Jesus, God bless you, bye. Which is, um, well, Lord Thunder and Jesus, good on you, mate. If you can, if you can, good on you, mate. Um, so it's interesting because that's um, God bless you, bye. But it's not bye as in boys. It's, it's. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not bye as in goodbye. It's bye as in bye. Good on you, mate. So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yes. Now, um, what does a day in your life look like at the moment during the shows? Um, well, I, I'm a bit of a night owl, so I do a bit of a sleep in. Um, and I just puddle around, really, have my breakfast. Um, I might do a little bit of writing. Um, and, I mean, I'm not – I don't go to the gym like some people, which I probably should. I sort of keep my – keep my energy for the show you know that's my excuse um but I might (laughs) like I eat dinner around four or five or that four four thirty um yeah so uh so and then head off because it takes me probably an hour door to door to get in to the theater yeah um 
I do do a bit of yoga every now and again. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of a, a bit of a homebody, really. Catch up with mates if I can, sort of on, right. on the way in. Um, but, you yeah. know, this show is quite an early show, so we come down quite early. Some nights it's nine o'clock That's we really finish. So it's like, you know, That's all the great, time in the world. Because then you actually can get proper sleep yeah. as well. Yep. And, yeah. um, you know. And- do you have like a pre-show routine that you do, like some sort of like warm-up? Do you steam? You know, there's all those, <laughs> all those things of like what everyone does. <laughs> um, well, we have a compulsory warm-up at, at the hour call. So we do 15 minutes. So we do physical warm-up first, then we do a vocal warm-up and then any notes from the director or musical director and, um, and you know, if they just want to run something just to kind of tidy it up. Um and then it's basically just makeup, hair, wigs. But it's interesting because it's like I find as as it goes, gets closer and we get the half-hour call, then the 15-minute call and the five-minute call, um, that my energy starts to ramp up. And mm. I yeah. go to, at the 15, I go to the toilet because we don't have an interval. So yeah, no. if, that, if I don't go to the loo, then... Halfway through, I'm like, oh, no, and there's no time. There's no time to go to the toilet in this show, not not for Bueller anyway. Um, and then at the five, I grab a, a soother. I, it's just my thing. It's a, it's a, the, a, blueberry, a blackberry soother. Pop that in, I go down, mic check, and go around to my, my wing. But the soother is, it's funny because I started this in Kinky Boots, um, where I have the soother and everyone's kind of like, what is that smell? It's a black one. It's lovely. And it's like, yeah, that's my soother. And now, even now, people are like, oh, that's. And then someone who on crew who was on Kiki Boots went, what's that? Oh my god, is that Emma? Is that you? And like, yeah, that's me because that's like my, <laughs> that's my, it's I don't know, pre-show thing. Yeah, if I don't have it, I'm like, oh, I'm my soother. Oh my gosh, you know, it's weird. <laughs> Not because my throat's sore. It's just part of my. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's sort of weird yeah, little little thing. Yeah, it's part of my routine. Everyone has some weird little things that they do yeah. that kind of brings them like just peace before they go yeah. on stage yeah. and and kind of just sets them up right. So that's really interesting. I love it. And yeah. at the at the back, I'm sort of giving this away, but at the back <clears throat> um, of the set, there's sort of like I had to explain at the wall at the back. There's little mm. little. Uh, sort of slits that you can look through and yes. so a few of us go around to the back section and we can look through and look at the audience <laughs> before yeah. the show starts so because no one right. can see us so we're like oh yeah. oh that's good oh that's nice and healthy or oh look there's a few up there and so we can we have a bit of a look through there as well just to sort of check yeah. check the crowd that's kind of nice though yeah some people don't want to do it some people are like no nah, don't I don't want to have a look. I'll find out when I get out there. And some of us are like, yeah. no, no, we will. Or if we've got people, if we've got people in, we might try and find them. Where are they? They're not there yet. Oh, I've got to tell them to get in, you know. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know specifically where they're sitting. You're like, yeah. are you late? Yeah. How, no, late? Don't you dare be one of those latecomers that come in. How, no. 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 We were kind of talking about this a little bit before, but you, you have a very particular kind of accent, which is obviously a Newfoundland accent. Yeah. How did you guys, so you had a, an accent coach, but how yes. did you find, like, mastering that accent? Um, it's quite difficult. It's still quite difficult. I do get a bit tongue-tied sometimes on stage. Mm. If I if I go too fast, a couple of times this has happened, not just to me, but if I go too fast, it'll, it'll, I'll, I'll trip over my own tongue. <clears throat> um but when the auditions first happened and they said, you know, it's it's uh, Canadian, it's in Newfoundland, and I thought, oh, it'll be French-Canadian, right? Because they said there's an accent. And I'm like, oh, so it'll be, it'll be French-Canadian. And then it was like, no, no, it's like Irish-Canadian, North American. I'm like, what? Like just – but in terms of – and then <laughs> discovering the geography and the people who came into that part of Canada right up the tippity-top, you know, on the east. So a lot of Irish – came in hence the the music too that yeah. vibe um so yes it's kind of because one word can be like wife wife can be irish um you know yes. and then the next word is has a canadian boot you know wife yeah. boot um you know forever which is like north american so it's like you know there can be three words in a row that have three different 
sort of accents basically um so so it's kind of yeah it but again it's a bit like you know when we're talking about Dolores before once it's in there it's very hard not to do it uh like Mm -hmm. that you know I mean we do slip like I said you know Joel Joel will listen to a the run of a show and go and give us notes or whatever but yeah it was it was for yeah for the audition I actually had a I got a vocal coach um to help me with the audition material and I'm so glad that I did because she yes. was she yes. was terrific and it just helped me feel confident in the audition that I didn't have mm. to worry about mm. you know am I doing the right accent you know because it's very hard to find yeah. online too yeah. you know and then and then you know and then you go a bit too Irish and then it's just Irish all the way potatoes you know and it's kind of like so you go one way or the other you know um yeah. so yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was probably the well the hardest accent I've ever had to do at least you're set now you're set now yeah yeah <laughs> set in stone you've got all the accents down. yes <laughs> um now correct us if I, if we're wrong but you guys actually had some of the people who the story was based off come to Melbourne and watch watch it what was that like to actually have um to be telling the story of the real people in the room yeah, it was um, <clears throat> usually opening nights are the most nerve-wracking nights of a show. But the night yeah. that these guys came to our preview, one of our previews was, <sighs> we hadn't even met them yet, and we were just beside ourselves. We were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, and all of them came except for Hannah. So so all of the characters mm. in the show were represented yeah. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and I've got two Buellers, so there's two women who Buella is based on. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Diane Davis and Buella Cooper. So they both came, and yeah, it was pretty incredible because you can sometimes play people, real people who who you know may have passed or um, they're still around, but you don't meet them, um, mm. but. Yeah, this was pretty incredible meeting them, and a lot of things kind of kind of slot into place as well. Yeah, when we met yeah. them, I mean, we were told from the start, "You're not playing this person. Like you, you will interpret Beulah the way Emma will interpret any character. Like it's not mm-hmm. don't play Diane or don't play Beulah. You're not just doing a, yeah. you know, um, an impersonation of them. That's not what they wanted ever." Um, it's a, the essence of the person that we that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Look, they're incredibly beautiful, like the Ganderites, uh, and they come from Wales as well because they had that experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed them. The stories are incredible mm-hmm. and they're still really humble down-to-earth people. So none of this sort of fame, I guess, that they've got because they've done opening yeah. night, quite a few opening nights, you know, London and New York and all of that, but... They're just really, really still really humble, beautiful people, you know. Nothing's yeah. changed. Nothing's changed. So They'll make they, – and, and we did – Very special. We got screeched in. So they screeched us in. Yes. Um, Claude. You got to kiss the Claude. Fish. We got to kiss the fish <laughs> and have the screech. They bought oh, screech the over and it's disgusting. It smells like rum. <laughs> it smells lovely. It's like, ooh, mm, that smells nice. And then – but the after bit is like, oh, holy moly. Yeah. Full yeah. on. But yeah, we're official – official Newfoundlanders now. When it came to the audition process, what was that like for you? I mean, I did quite a lot of research in the lead up to it, which I mean, I do with most shows, but this one, because I just really had no idea. Someone had said to me like a year earlier, had when we were finishing um, Priscilla, I think, and they went, come from away for you. And I went, oh. What are, you, what are you talking about? What was I meant? What? Excuse me? <laughs> like, how dare yeah. you? Um, <laughs> come from away. Oh, fine. Like, all right. I did yeah. have a shower, um, and um, and I was. I had no idea what they meant. Um, but I did Google it. And I went. Oh, that's interesting. I did manage and uh, to get hold of or to see um, a naughty version of of a production, and I watched oh. that to you know prepare for the audition for the two roles that I was actually auditioning for originally. Same as you, Tori. I got to that point. Because I was just watching it, I wasn't watching it to be involved. It was on my computer yes. screen and stuff, and I was just like, right, okay, well, oh, that's interesting. Oh yeah, good. and I was sort of, yeah, it's great, it's impressive. But it was, yeah. I was, 
in a different mind mind frame, you know, I was taking notes yeah. and things like that. And I got to that bit and I went, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I just lost it and I went, it's- well, that got me. That just, I was like, that's, and then I went, that's the role I want. That's the one I want. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and it was kind of, I was very lucky. I got through the first round and went straight to the final um, auditions. Oh, awesome. And, yeah, so I didn't have to do the middle the middle bit. And then the Americans yeah. arrived. And I was doing Priscilla in um, Sydney at the time. And the final, final recall was in the morning on a Sunday on our last day of the week. And my voice was like, Wah. worse than it is today. It was like, and so, and so it was pretty rough. But, but yeah, I mean, apparently they just loved my audition yeah. and, <laughs> um, but yeah, prep. The prep was the prep was big. There was a lot to prepare too, because you know there was a lot of uh, dialogue that we had to prepare. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I got my my dialect coach and learnt it, and yeah. But it's always so. I mean, I've been doing this for twenty five years or more, more, and I'm that old. And um, <laughs> I'm not even going to do the math now. Um, since last century, and. Um, it doesn't really get any easier. Like mm. you become more comfortable if because you start to know the people that you're auditioning for and stuff. But it's always and then waiting to find out is sort of it's just nerve wracking. I'm a, that's it. Yeah, I, I don't it think is. you. I don't know if you get any better at it. To be honest, you just know what it is. Exactly. How did you react to actually landing the role? Because I mean, come from away is such a big show to come to Australia. Yeah. Well, I was sitting uh, sitting in my in my apartment. Uh, we're doing Priscilla and my agent doesn't ring me very like we don't talk on the phone very often mm-hmm. um, we mainly message and email it was about a week I think after the final callbacks and my phone rang and it was my agent and I went I've got it like I just <laughs> I, you know it was one of those things and I went I am and she went well it's always good news when I call you isn't it and and you know and there and I was like yeah. Duh! Yeah, and I mean, I'm not a, I'm yeah. not a, a, a screamer or anything, but I was, I rang a friend of mine. I was like, I got it! and I screamed, and yeah, it was, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it felt really big to sort of get a role in this show and to 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 be the first uh, person in Australia to create that role too was, yeah. yeah, really really special. Really, it was so excited and yeah. and to have this much work too. At, at my age, like let's be frank, there's not a lot for women of my age, you know. It's, but you're it's killing it. There are some, yeah, still some great it. roles. You're killing it. You're still working. Make hay while the sun shines, girl. That's what I. That's what I say. <laughs> Just take the gig. Take the gig. <laughs> what do you believe has been the biggest le- lesson, 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 lesson that you've learnt working in the industry so far? Um, I would have to say. I think you have to be pretty resilient, I think. And there's a lot, you know, there's a lot behind what resilience is. It's not, it's not, you know, you have to be patient. You have to know mm. it's not, nothing is personal, you know, unless you've, unless you've been a bit of a, a bit of a dick and no one wants to work with you, which, you know, not many people are like that. <laughs> so you have to kind of remove yourself a little bit, which, which is really difficult because what we do is so personal, mm. you know, where what we do is, you know, it's kind of who we are, really. It's in our blood, so it, it's it can be very difficult not to not to take anything or everything personal, the good and the bad. Uh, yeah, so I think I've learnt to yeah patience and sit in the not knowing as well. I think that's a that's a big one. Is waiting. I'm impatient. I'm an impatient person, and waiting is not my strong point. So that's been a, a big one that I've had to to learn and particularly in Australia I think you know I mean although population wise probably you know New York and, and the UK it's probably the same in terms of the ratio of people going for work yeah. but um mm. you know and you have to and I think it's about uh spreading your talents wide too is you know being able to mm. put on a cabaret if you're not working or or do some voiceover work or try some film and tv which has never worked for me but but I mean, I haven't done any training in it. But to 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 really just keep honing your tools and your skills, and and I think that that just to spread yourself a little bit wider, so that you have a lot more sort of yeah. things in your toolbox. Um, but yeah, I think resilience is is the word I would use um, that you need to be uh, yeah. or work towards, I guess, to yeah. um, take the good with the with the bad too. You know, 
Was it someone said to me once that um, the fastest way to enlightenment is getting your ego bashed over and over again. It's like, it's like you know, because it gives you, gives you opportunities to go, oh, that's my ego. Okay, great. And as performers, yeah. we all the time, all the yeah. time. So we have, we have opportunities to reach enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but, you know. Go reach enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> Was it before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water? After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water? And that's pretty much, that's pretty much what it is. Work hard, work hard. That's yeah. the other thing too, mm. work hard and be a good company okay. member. Well, to end things today, we thought we would end with a lovely little last question, mm. a bit of a big one. Mm. But what what impact do you believe Come From Away has had not only on the performing industry but the world? Wow. Um, just a small question. Just, just a, a small, small one. Question. Just a little one, one. <laughs> little mini, mini. Um, absolutely nothing. No, joking. Um, um on a practical level, I think as a piece of theatre, it's pretty special. Uh, I think mm. I think it sort of um, incorporates so many different uh, ways of storytelling. It treats the audience with respect because it doesn't spoon feed. We narrate, but it doesn't spoon feed. It's quick. It's fast. It's done so well that people can keep up with it. You know, we're, we're just like, I know you know as an audience member that that, that you know where we are in the story. You know where we are. We don't need to mm-hmm. sort of, you know, like spoon feed you. It's like, yeah. you know, we know that you're there. It's like, but we're going to be pretty quick, so hang on, right? So, um, and they do and they get it. On a on a sort of, I guess, a more uh, a deeper level, I feel like because it's a true story and because of its the nature of it in terms of generosity and what we can achieve when we do take out the ego, um, what we can achieve together and for other people, I think that is that is the impact that it's had, not just on those involved with the show, but yes, the wider community and those who see it. Because and because it's a true story, you know, uh, mm. and that a lot of people weren't aware of over that time. I mean, we do see stories of, of you know these things happening, like during fires and things like that. So. But as a piece of theatre, as a piece of art, it does it so well. Um, and I think it changes people, you know. I think it, you know, even if it changes two pe- two people's minds about something or maybe down the track it, it might, might drop in a seed that down the track someone makes a decision or a choice that they may not have made before. And maybe they don't even know why. Who knows? And so I think... I think that's the beauty of art too, that it can actually move and change people. And I think this show in particular does that. Yeah. Which is so beautiful and so powerful because mm. when when art can really change your viewpoints to see someone else's experience to open your mind and, and really grow as a person, that's the best kind of theatre that you can go and see. Yeah, and, and I mean there have been audience members who have gone to Ganda just because of the the show they're like I have to go to this place I have to meet people in the street and and yeah and it's and you like you look at the at the end when they mentioned the um the charity that was set up um it's like over a million dollars or something like that so it just generosity um begets generosity and just sort of you know, continues on. It's paying it forward. It's all of those. It's all of those ideas that seem a bit twee, but actually, they do work and they do actually contribute something. Um, yeah. And and it doesn't actually take anything from us as well. You know, I think in the show it's pretty clear that the Ganderites were they gained something from what they gave to these people. So they gave, but they they gained as well there was loss there was loss but there were also huge gains and that's that's a really that's a big a big thing to think about I think it's definitely absolutely beautiful and phenomenal show and the story that it tells is amazing look every I can't ever boast about this show enough it it has become (laughs) since seeing it on Broadway I had had which often happens with some of my favorite shows i had no expectations i wasn't going in being like ooh like i cannot wait like obviously i was yeah. like new york theater this is going to be amazing yes but uh, it has become one of my absolute favorite shows and um i guess just to end 
off today, we have a little segment on our show called Bedtime yep. Stories, which okay. is show mishaps, show stories. It can be anything. That's completely up to you. But do you have a bedtime story for us? I do. And um, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I thought, you know what? I, I've actually been quite fortunate is in that I haven't really been in any shows where there's been anything major that's happened either to myself or whatever other people but (laughs) I know right like it's like okay but in Les Mis so we were in Cape no we weren't in Cape Town where were we it might have been pretty early on anyway I was a swing on that and I was on for Queenie Van Der Zandt and she played one of the women who fought on the barricade <clears throat> and yeah. her her position on the barricade was at the very top. And I don't know how high the barricade, I'm really bad because it's kind of math, oh, no. so I don't know how high it was. But, it, you know, <laughs> it was pretty high. Not like this is the old Les Mis with the really big barricade, not the yes. newer one. Uh, so it was quite high. So anyway, she was up there. Now we... Well, the first the first time I went on for her, we didn't have um, a tech run for me to get down because there's this specific <laughs> specific kind of footsteps to get down because no. they're more solid and take takes the weight of a human person. And um, so we didn't do a tech because I went in on in the middle of the show, so it was a surprise surprise. So I went yes. on. I'm up there. Um, bang, 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 die. Oh, so I had to sort of find a way to die. So I died. You know, the riff, da, 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 and it revolved, yeah. turns around, and, you know, there's Angera, whatever, turns around, and that's when we're all supposed to jump off, right? Like all the dead people, we all jump off. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we're in the dark. It's coming around. It's coming around. I'm like, then everyone gets off, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I don't know. It's all very dark. I don't, I can't see anything. I can't see anything. They're all going, just, just, just. And I'm like, I'm not trying. It's like 10 feet. Like, oh God. And it's coming around. It's coming around. It's coming around. I thought, oh my God, there's going to be this lone woman dead on the barricade when Javert climbs over it, right? Like, it's just going to be, oh my God. And then it splits and then it twists. So, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to die. Anyway, so, so as it's coming around, and I just went, uh, okay, I jumped. I jumped off the top of the barricade, and it was just—I was fine. Oh my god! Like if I did it now, I'd probably really? break a break something. I was absolutely fine. I was like my adrenaline was adrenaline was like this, and <laughs> and so from then on, we always text people, or not text, but we you know at warm up or whatever we <laughs> text people jump, you know jumping or getting down off the barricade because I just couldn't see anything. I think I yeah. stepped on something. I went, I'll go this way, and it went crack. And I went, oh, I'm not going to go that way. So yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty scary. But all I could think of it's interesting because I didn't think about my own my own uh, physical health. All I could think about was I'm going to be on the barricade when it turns around, and Javert's going to come over and see like this random woman, either going, "Hi, Javert, I can't get down," or just yeah. dead. You know. So it was yeah. That was like, as it was cut, just about to sort of come around, the audience was about to see me. So yeah, that was that's probably the my oh memory my of God. the most adrenaline rush, <laughs> crazy moment that I've ever had. I think, yeah, that is amazing. I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> amazing woman one dead. Uh, <laughs> on the barricade as Javert sings his song. Yeah, as he comes down <laughs> hunting for Jean Valjean. Well, that's not Jean Valjean. Yeah. <laughs> and and thank you so much for being with us and taking oh, the you're time welcome. to come on and have a chat with us today. Lovely chat. Loved it. Guys, make sure that, well, of course, that you do follow Emma on Instagram, which is emmapal68 on Instagram. Ooh. Um, but also that you get tickets to see Come From Away. Now, Come From Away will be in Melbourne until I believe it's the 20th of March. So you still got... 21st is our last show. 21st. Yep. 21st mm-hmm. of March. Mm-hmm. So uh, from when this comes out, you've still got a few weeks to get some tickets to see in Melbourne. But if not, tickets are also available in Brisbane and Sydney uh, at comefromaway.com.au. Guys, we cannot recommend this show enough. It is... And I feel like it really is like... All theatre right now is amazing and it's so great to have, but this is definitely a show that makes you just appreciate the arts and human connection and getting that connection of theatre. So 
make sure you check out Come From Away. Go see Emma in Come From Away. She is amazing as Beulah. But guys, until next time, remember to stay happy, healthy and safe and we will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and we hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and to send us your bedtime stories and stage door Sunday pics. We also would love to hear your feedback on the episode and what you'd like to hear from us in the future. You can let us know on our Instagram at ps.stagedoorpod, via our email at ps.stagedoor.podcast at gmail.com or contact us via our website psstagedoorpodcast.com. We love hearing from you and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.